Hello, person, and welcome to Anthem of Life. I'm your host, Douglas Sarine. This episode was recorded in this fantastic bar in London, where I saw a really good and rather rowdy Irish band. They had the crowd in the palm of their hand. So I came back the next day before their set and had a wonderful conversation with the band's fiddler, Maeve. Enjoy. Maeve, I am sorry. I will never call your fiddle a violin again. <laughs> I, I I apologize. I see that you don't, Douglas. <laughs> yes. Sure, technically they're the same, but we play them differently, don't we? The way you play it is what makes it a fiddle. I, that's right, and yes. the way that you played that fiddle, and this is just the sound check, like, but you were whipping your head around, and it was it was it was so vibrant and full of life. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I feel like you know, if you're gonna play, play. When you pick it up, I feel like it just takes over. And thank goodness for that. Uh, that's a good mantra for life. If you're gonna play, play. Why not just play it out? Yeah, it's it's commitment, right? Ah, uh, yeah, commit to it. Yeah, well, the whole band seems very committed. That Baron player was right there with you. and uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's great. But you're only related to the guitar player or are you related to other people in the band? Yeah, no, well, I mean, you know, we're all kind of cousins in some way or another. But my brother is the guitar player. Uh-huh. And it's uh, really a bunch of his buddies. You he's, know, people He's your be- older brother? Yeah, uh-huh. he's my older brother. So yeah. you fought to get in the band or they, they just needed a fiddle player and you uh, said, oh, me. I had to fight a bit. I mean, he knows I'm a fiddle player, but I guess, you know, he thought he was going to go on tour and who wants to tour with their little sister tagging along. But, <laughs> right. uh, you know, I proved myself. You're not from this area. Is that right? You, that, you travel? That's right. Yeah. yeah. We travel a bit, uh, you know, mostly in the islands here, but I have traveled to America and uh, I've done a bit, uh, a little bit around Europe and uh, went to Australia. That's a fun life is to get to travel around and play music. It is. I think it's the best life. It's a great way to to meet people. I mean, unfortunately, uh, what I know most about people is when they're sort of filled with the spirit of the music and the drink, if you know what I'm saying. Two, two types of spirit. Right. <laughs> That's Spirits right. and spirit. That's yes. right. Uh-huh. Would you say that that is more often than not positive or is it challenging? I find it very positive. I like the energy. I like the exuberance a lot of them are filled with. Uh, Uh It it just can get a bit aggressive at times. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yes. Last night, somebody smashed a pint glass in front of the stage and you took a piece of glass, but you kept playing. Oh, sure. I, that happens all the time. I mean, sure, it happened. You know, it's not always a pint glass. Those are a bit thicker. So, you know, it's a bit easier to take out. Oh, Hurts more oh, going in, though. Oh, you still have that in there. Okay. Yeah. yeah you, I, you should get that looked at. That's a piece of glass sticking out of oh, your... It's a bit of a, a medal of honor, a badge of honor. It'll work itself out, but, I feel. That's on your fiddling arm, so it seems like... I Well, you know, if I take it out, I don't want my arm to twitch. And that could really change the way I'm playing the fiddle. So I'm just going to let it work it out on its own. That That's is... not the only piece of glass I have in me currently. <laughs> you have more than one piece of glass from performing, like uh, shattered glass that has 
that flies at you? Uh, I, yeah. The reason you see me kind of lean into one side is because I've got a piece on one cheek. Got some glars in your arse. <laughs> right. That's, <laughs> that's right. That's as good as I'm going to get towards an Irish accent, I, I'm sad yeah, to say. <laughs> it was good. I'll take it. <laughs> when I came into Phelan's, everyone seemed to know your name. There was, you know, when you finished, there was, like, you know, a Maeve, and whatever <laughs> it is. And the bartender just said, oh, you know, I said, who's that playing the fiddle? He's like, oh, that's that's Maeve. Uh, yeah. I mean, we've been the band here on a Saturday night for 10 years now. So most of the townspeople know us, too. 10 years? Yeah. Wow. I, yeah. To have that steady of a gig for a band. Yeah. Well, that's... I mean, it took a long time to work up to it, but yeah. We're bringing in the crowds. They seem to like the show my brother and I put on, you know, acting like we don't like each other. They seem to enjoy that. But you did it even during the sound check. Well, you know, perhaps some of it's real. My brother plays guitar like nobody else. And a good thing, too, because otherwise I probably grind my fist right down his throat. (laughs) Uh, do you think he feels the same way about your fiddle playing? Oh, sure. I think it's the music what keeps us together. It sounds like your brother's had a really big influence on your on your life. Ah, yeah. We've been at each other's throats since birth. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes anger and, and all that sibling rivalry is really good for the music. Is fiddling what you wanted to do with your life? I I guess I never really thought about it. It just was like I, there was always a fiddle around that I would play and one thing led to another and here I am playing it now going on oy, nearly 30 years. Oh, wow. You've been playing, <laughs> you've been fiddling for 30 years. <laughs> so you, you must have started pretty young then. I did. I yeah. feel like I was born with a fiddle in one hand and a bow in the other. Was one of your parents a fiddle player? You said there was always one around. So. Um, my dad played fiddle. Mm-hmm. And so he always had one. But the one that he left laying around was not his. It belonged to his granddad. He wouldn't play it. He refused to play that fiddle. And that's why he left it laying around all the time. I think he was trying to lose it or hoping that one of the children would ruin it so he could finally throw it out. But like he couldn't he couldn't get rid of it because there was some connection that he couldn't get rid of, but he didn't want it. I don't think he had a very good relationship with his, his granddad. Yeah. yeah. Objects can be tricky that way where, you know, you can have a a bad memory or a, a hard time connected with something, but you can't let it go because it's almost like you're not ready to let go of the pain or you're not ready to actually move on psychologically. So you end up keeping this object that's almost like a talisman for your pain. Hey, yeah, it was that. So what did he think about you playing his grandfather's, which that's a very old fiddle. It is a very old fiddle. Uh, you can see here all the scratches in it mm-hmm. and people carving their names in there. I feel like that's what gives it some of the tone. Um, yeah, he didn't like it, really. I think he put it down on the ground that first time, hoping I'd destroy it as a little two-year-old, but instead I took to it. And when I started playing it, he made me go outside every time. So I was always sitting outside playing the fiddle and all kinds of people would walk by and want to talk to me and tell me how good a job I was doing playing it. So it became a connection that brought me closer to other people, but further from my dad. Oh, 
I left home when I was quite young, and uh, we're uh, we're estranged. Now, does your brother have a relationship with you? Oh yeah, they get along great, and he fills them in on on what's going on with me, and and I fill, you know, we we all keep in touch. At just hmm. n- not much direct communication. How old were you when you? I was fourteen. Fourteen. Well, yeah, I was. Um, I got asked to play for a, a party just down the street. Right, mm-hmm. I never came back. <laughs> I ended staying up at that house. Oh, that's so you <laughs> so you kind of like ran away at fourteen, but just down the street. It and was then just, you just down the street. It was four doors away. Uh huh. And, and then you just kept going from there. Yeah, I had to come home to get some clothes and pick up little things here and there. You're saying, "Hey, I'm I'm out, but right. I I, I got to get my toothbrush." In. That's right. Yeah. yeah, and I did keep my toothbrush at the house. You know, give me a little reason, a little excuse to come home and check on everybody else. And how about your mother? Do you get along well with her? Oh, or? sure. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. In fact, she lives with me now. Oh, wait! You and your mother live together. Yes. How soon after? You left. Did your mother leave? She left uh, three days later. I guess my dad drove everybody away. <laughs> I guess so. And um, yeah, she moved in with me. I was staying at a friend's house four doors down. And uh, we all moved in together. It turned out to be a great thing because she's a great cook. And uh, my friend's ma wasn't a great cook, but she was a great seamstress. We all got an upgrade in clothes and food. Well, I don't know who made your outfits for the band, but y'all look so cool. Thank you. All of your stuff. We love uh, feathers. Yeah. You know. You don't look like birds. You look like some sort of like uh, mystical Gaelic, you know, creatures or something like that. It's just really cool. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, I like it too. Stuff. Uh, Hard to wash though. She makes us new outfits every uh, two weeks. Because, you know, you wear them and eventually you've got to wash them. And sure, weirdly, you... you know, it's like leather. You, you don't want to get your leather wet, but uh, a cow will stay out in the rain and sure. doesn't hurt him. And you don't want to get your feathers wet, but birds can be outside. Sure. Yeah. Honestly, I think this might be the first time I've ever seen feathered pants. Are they comfortable? Like they poke a bit. Yeah. You know, the little end, the not feathery part it right. can poke into you. Uh, can I get you something to, to drink? Oh, I, sure. I'll have a whiskey. I've never seen someone sip whiskey from a pint glass before. That's, oh, that's, sure. That's, Why have them come back and refill it? You know, you're going to have a certain amount. Just pour it and let me be the control. Hey, you spend enough time in bars. You know what the deal is. Exactly. And that's that's actually courteous to the, the people that work at the bar. Right, know? right. Yeah. Give them a break. Tip them up front. Tip them well. Tip them hard. You know, don't run them ragged if you can help it. How do you know when it's a good bar? Like when you go into a bar, you're like, all right, this place has got a, this place is doing it right, or I'm looking forward to playing here. Uh, I think uh, for me, it's the noise level. It should be a pretty high decibel when I walk in. Um, if I have to shout, that's a good thing. A bar's a place for people to come and and um, express all the things they can't express in their daily life. So, yeah, it should be a bit rough. Wow. That's a great way to look at a, a bar just in terms of like it's more than just this person's having a bad day and this person's having a good day. But it's the ecosystem. It's the mix. Of- yeah, yeah. I do like when I walk in and I can see, um, you know, in one corner I see a couple, clearly a new couple, getting closer and closer and really having an intimate moment. And right behind them you can see a chair flying across the room. (laughs) 
that's a good bar for, for oh, you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the best kind of bar. Uh, all right. So we have your fiddle in front of us. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about the sure, carvings sure. in there, the names that are, have been carved into your, Certainly. your fiddle? Uh, yeah. Uh, some of them I've carved in there. Some of them other people have carved in. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that carving has happened when I put my fiddle down between sets. Oh, no. And, oh, it's all right. It's um, They leave their opinions on my fiddle. They uh-huh. carve it right in there. Great set. You can see that one that said baller. Yeah. Um, they really yeah. like that. You know, when you're traveling around a bit, it's a, a real clear way to identify whose things belong to who. But I found this fiddle. I wouldn't know who it belongs to because there's so many names <laughs> carved into it. So I'd be like, well, I don't know. Is this Rob's? Or, uh, well, I, I guess that's just a business card from uh, IBM. It's like a laser etching or something like that. It really is. You know, for all I know, somebody has a laser etcher in their pocket. Yeah. Was Lee Hendrickson a friend Lee, of yours? Or? Lee was trying to get us to replace all of our equipment with IBM equipment. Uh-huh. And um, we had a bit of a fight I told him we don't need his dying equipment, that he uh, should uh, F off, if you know what I mean. Oh, sure. And he I'm refused, sure. you know, he's a bit of a salesman and you say no and they hear not yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they never take no for an answer. But I've seen bands that are playing with all IBM equipment. They're terrible. They're just, there's just something sound- empty and plastic about it, especially the fiddles. I've seen IBM fiddles and they are. They're, they're just- the worst. <laughs> It's the worst fiddles you've ever heard. I'm almost sad that he was able to laser etch his business card into I am too. You can see that big etched circle around it with the line through. Another friend of mine did that for me when I was... Oh, nice, with another uh, laser etching. (laughs) Yeah. You see that there? It says, Aaron is a ham. Aaron is a ham. I I I carved that that in. Aaron's our our other fiddle player who used to play in the band, but... Got kicked out because he was pretty hammy, uh-huh. and um, we didn't. We weren't doing that sort of stuff. What's the difference between a ham and exuberant? Because you are very lively and exuberant. Um, I would say um, my exuberance really engages people. His hamming really pushed him away. Oh, he's like kind of like an annoying ham. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know how um, sometimes you'll get in the groove of the music. You'll watch musicians, and they go back to back playing. That's a an organic thing, and it happens when both musicians agree. But he would just try to he would like try to put his back against you to do that, no matter what. Even when it didn't make sense musically, you know, during a a slow, beautiful song, uh, a ballad, he'd want to do that like we we're doing some sort of a rock show. So you play two songs during your warm up. One was that boisterous, ex- yeah. ex- exciting song, and then you did that ballad. It was so touching. It was I. It, I could feel the the love and the pain that came through that song. It was so beautiful. Oh, thank you. I wrote it. Oh, you wrote that song? I did. Oh, wow. I wrote that song. It was. Um, it was about my best friend that I had. We were really good friends, and I I really liked her quite a bit. Her name was Shirley. Oh, sure. And well, from the song, yeah. Yeah. We would play together, and uh, every day we'd have a fight. We'd stop playing, and I'd go to my house, and she'd go to her house. And, oh, about 
15 minutes after that, one of us would call the other and say, oh, I'm so sorry. Can we be best friends again? Mm -hmm. And so this went on for years. It's um, frankly still going on now. Seems we uh, can't be apart, but we can't be together either. Yeah. Yeah. The chorus, surely I'll be calling you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Boy, it really got to me. I do have to ask, did Shirley live four doors down? Hi, yeah. So it's surely the house that you... Surely is the house that I lived in, (laughs) yeah. Which made it really difficult, you know, because we'd play together and then we'd fight and the fights would drive us apart. And that's part of why I would go home. I had to go home to the house I grew up in. Uh-huh. Uh, that which you had was, run away from. That's right. Uh-huh. And uh, so I'd run away from Shirley's house to get away from Shirley. And then um, I'd be at the house with my dad and my brother. Uh, I have two other brothers, but so it'd be the house with the dad and the brother at the boys' house. And I'd be there and be pouting and angry. And sure enough, the phone would ring. She'd apologize and I'd go running back to there. Oh, that's that seems like a little vicious circle then. You would just be... Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, but eventually you got away from both of those uh, houses. Yeah, I have my own apartment now. With with your mom. With huh? my mom, yeah. yeah. And surely, does you say you still keep in touch with her? Uh, yeah, she's our road manager. Oh, she's part of the band situation yeah. too. Oh, I love this. Yeah. this is, I love when it all... When, people that you grow up with or people that you've had these long relationships with, when it just keeps going. I just love that when yeah, it happens. it's great. So Shirley is part of the band as yeah. well. When she gets really mad, uh, she makes sure we get sent to distant corners of the earth that we wouldn't necessarily oh, plan to play. Because she's your booking manager. So where, where's the worst place or the farthest place that she's ever sent y'all? It wasn't that the location was bad. It was that she sent us to this bar in Turkey where they didn't know or like Irish music. They really weren't very welcoming. They heard, you know, one little scratch of the fiddle and they started booing. Oh, no. Did you win them over? No. Oh, no, you didn't. (laughs) No. You didn't win them over. We all ran away screaming. (laughs) Oh. Did you end up with any glass in yourself that night or? Oh, sure. Glass, little piece of wood as well. Oh, no. That's all right. It works itself out eventually. I'm not sure that things just work themselves out of your body if they get... Oh, gosh, I hope they do. But, you know, now that you mention it, I do remember a piece of glass, and I remember it it was kind of star-shaped, and I don't remember seeing it leave. Oh, have you ever thought about getting that checked out? Well, you know... It's been digging around in my elbow for some time. That may be why I uh, sometimes get a little twitchy on the bow. Yeah, but, but you said you don't you don't want to get twitchy. It makes it feel uh, at times like my arm has Tourette's. Yeah, it'll just like, spasm quite a bit, and uh, you know, in some ways, it's kind of become my signature way of playing because that thing's been in there for a good six years now. Oh, like the twitch will lead to a little. Yeah. Flourish on yeah. the on the fiddle. <laughs> That's right. Well, then maybe you don't want to take it out. Maybe it's got there for a reason, and you can thank uh, Shirley for that. Well, you've left me with quite a dilemma now. <laughs> maybe there's a song in there. Who who knows? The, oh, now you're thinking like a musician. I am going to stick around and watch your set here. Oh, great! I hope uh, you will. I'll be here, but I'm going to stay a little bit back from the stage, just in case there's any glass. Oh, there That's... sure will be. <laughs> Why is there so much glass flying? Well, at your I shows? think it's a way that um, people uh, express themselves. You know, if you think about high emotion and how they can really 
bypass your brain um, what's the closest thing at hand. It, it, it's the thing that's actually in your hand, and typically that's a pint. Please take care of yourself, though. I, I don't want to see you take more glass. Me neither. <laughs> in your body, it seems like you've... I don't prefer it. <laughs> you don't. So you don't like getting uh, hit with glass. It's just an occupational hazard. Right. I just see it for what it is. You know, sometimes it's a, it's a piece of angry glass. Sometimes it's a shard of love. That sounds like a great oh. song. Shard of love? That's... Maybe it's time for me to put pen to paper. I look forward to watching your band kick it up live here in just a little bit. Thanks, Douglas. It's been a real pleasure. Wow, I need to eat something. You've made me drink more than I wanted to drink. <laughs> Maeve, thank you already for this adventure. Let's go grab some eat. Let's do. Thanks for listening to this episode of Anthem of Life. Help us amplify the anthem by taking a moment right now to follow, rate, and leave a five-star review of our show on Apple Podcasts. It helps, and we certainly appreciate it. Our show is completely improvised and produced by Douglas Sarine, a.k.a. me, along with Mary Pat Farrell and Sarah Atwood Sarine. A special note of gratitude to Rebecca Sohn for having some fun with us as Maeve. Rebecca is an actor, improviser, and writer in L.A., where she's appeared on AP Bio, Teachers, and Shrink. She's a Chicago transplant and an alum of the Annoyance, I.O., and The Second City. Rebecca has performed with Steppenwolf, Remy Bumpo, About Face, and is an ensemble member of No Stakes Theater Project. You can find Rebecca on Instagram at Beckzone. Our theme song was produced by the musicalicious Ben Wise. Find out all about his music at benwise.bandcamp.com. Additional music provided by Icarus. Inspiration for this episode came from the song Galway Girl by Ed Sheeran. Galway Girl was a huge hit for Sheeran, topping the charts in Ireland, Iceland, Slovenia, and Slovakia. Find out more about that ditty in this episode's liner notes, where you can also find a link to enjoy our eclectic and ever-growing Anthem of Life playlist on Spotify. You'll find us on Instagram at Anthem of Life Podcast. Give us a follow and let us know what you love about Maeve. Until next time, we wish you a life worth singing about. Hey!